2: It's Rick Tittle!
3: All right, it is a TGIF edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. How are you doing? How are you doing? Normally, the first hour, we bring in Jan Wall, the film critic extraordinaire. We talk a little Hollywood guests. We'll still do that. Jan is uh, off this week. She's on assignment, but we'll still have fantastic guests in the first hour. Also, we'll talk to a, a filmmaker uh, from uh, a film about the Ukraine in the second hour, we'll have Ken Thompson talking a little football. In the third hour, we'll have Rick's Picks, R-I-X-P-I-X. And did you know that as we speak, and now you can all turn away and start watching that, but that the Major League Baseball playoffs are underway right now? There's a 9.07 a.m. first pitch. What'd you say, Rick? I said 9, <laughs> 9.07 a.m. first pitch. We have four games today in this first round and uh, this is what's going to happen we got the Guardians hosting the Rays just underway then the Cardinals will take on the Phils. that'll begin at 11 at 1, the Blue Jays will host the Mariners and then the Mets will host the Padres at 5 o'clock if you are a baseball nut, you are losing your mind, 4 playoff games from the time you wake up, Rick I'm on the East Coast, alright that's fine 1-800-878-PLAY. Maybe you're just waking up at noon on the East Coast. Maybe you're a rock star. Uh, Tune in app, Buy Heart Radio app, Stitcher app. Those are always of listening to the show. You can go to CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel 2, on your cable provider that way as well to get down and check it out. Remember, this show is all about relentless interviewing. I had an interview every single segment last show. We got a couple of open ones this time. That means you can call in at one 800 a play So once again, it's a Friday edition of Relentless Interviewing with Rick Tuttle. We will come right back and let's do it.
4: Wendy's new French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me, did you just say Wendy's new French toast sticks are better than
5: my
1: breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh-huh.
6: And what do you think?
1: I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks.
6: That's still not an answer. I
7: participating in U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Listen up, guys. Are you experiencing any of the following? Fatigue, less drive, poor performance? If so, you may be one of the nearly 30 million men in the U.S. today dealing with ED. But did you know you don't have to pay hundreds for a prescription anymore? Call today and ask about our buy one, get one free offer.
1: 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. That's 800-761-9334.
8: No offense, but are you a little fat when you look in the mirror? How would you like to learn the secrets to lose three to five pounds a week easily? If you're ready to start losing weight right now, call right now to learn more about your risk-free order to Body Sculpt.
1: Call for your risk-free offer. 800-738-5332. 800-738-5332. 800-738-5332. That's 800-738-5332.
3: All right. Thank you so much. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American forces radio network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show acting coach Faith Hibbs Clark. She's the founder of the communication method for actors. It's an intensive film acting program that she founded back in 1999 that teaches actors. I like the way you put it faith how to lie effectively on camera. What do you mean by that please.
11: Well, thank you for having me. Uh, what I mean by that is that essentially, everything that an actor does on camera is a lie. Uh, in my, my research work, I identified 13 different types of lies, and one of those lies was the entertainment lie. And the entertainment lie is unique in that it's the only type of lie that actually the other party consents. To being lied to because most of the time when we're lied to we don't consent to that we don't say oh sure go ahead lie to me um but we do in entertainment um and so i call that the entertainment lie the trade-off for that is that that actor has to be believable so that someone like you and i going to watch that that movie has to buy in and i'm I'm sure that uh, you've been to movies where you you've you've seen a character and you thought I'm just not buying it I'm just not this isn't believable um and so my goal with actors is to not teach them how to act i don't want it to be a performance it needs to be a believable lie
3: it's very interesting and i think about body language detection that sometimes like law enforcement or like the CIA FBI will use. And sometimes people say, well, if you look up, you're lying. Or if you look away, you're lying. Or if you look down, I'm like, eh, th- that's not always a hundred percent true, but there are little tips. What are some of those like body uh, motions uh, that uh, for you are kind of tip you off?
11: Well, first of all, I used to consult with federal agents and, and law enforcement, um, trial attorneys, CEOs, that kind of thing and I worked as a deception detection expert so the science that my method is based on is largely based on that background Um, I also worked as a casting director for for 25 years But so some of the things that will be a a tip off to this lie right away is that most acting programs are going to say that the body language um, should be with your scripted lines So when somebody says a particular line from a script that you should show the emotion through your body language, um, that's if they even talk about body language at all. But uh, they say that that should be with the line or you should react after. Fundamental to the science behind my method is that our body language comes before we even have a thought. Mm -hmm. And that was key to how we're able to read body language for the purposes of deception detection is that when someone is processing a situation in real life, they're processing that, the circumstances around that situation, the people who are in that situation, and ultimately the emotion behind that situation. When they're processing that, that is going to process in areas of their brain that are going to Trigger this body language so that their reaction to that situation is going to show in their body language first um, before they even have the thought, then they have the thought and then they choose to either verbalize that thought or not so one of the ways that we were able to tell when someone was potentially lying and I say potentially because it's not a hundred percent. You know, you look for clusters of behavior and that kind of thing. But one of the ways that we could tell when someone was potentially lying is that they would present that thought immediately because they had rehearsed it. They they had already thought of what their answer was going to be. And then they would say, oh, gosh, I've got to show some reaction to this to make this believable. And essentially that's what actors do as well. But that is not what we do in real life when it's real. So when we try to make the entertainment lie believable, we're going to be looking for that body language and that reaction of that emotion, that expression of that emotion to come before we speak. Does that make sense?
3: It, it does. It's very well said. Um, but is there like, can you look at someone now and just be right away like, nah, they're lying?
11: Well, it... it, it Yes and no. <laughs> um, we can see <laughs> indicators of it. I mean, I always joke and say this is why I'm single, um, because I'm a deception <laughs> detection expert, um, which, you know, I'm advertising now on, on national radio. But um, it's uh, it, we look for clusters. We look for patterns. I mean, the very first thing that we have to do uh, when trying to determine if someone is lying is we look for the baseline of their behavior. And, of course, that can differ from person to person and culture to culture. Um, so we have to take, and even environment to environment, so we have to take that into consideration. So say, for example, you're somebody who gestures a lot. You use a lot of hand gestures. And maybe you do, being behind the mic. <laughs> um, but if I were to ask you a question and you, you, know, you answer that question, and usually I'll, I'll ask a question that I know to be true, So that I can baseline, well, what is it that Rick does when he's telling the truth? And then I'll ask the question that I really want the answer to, that I want to see if you're lying about, and see if your body language differs from the body language that you had before. So say, for example, you're someone, you know, like the good Italians, you know, um, you're someone who gestures a lot. And then all of a sudden I ask you this key question or bring up this key conversation And now you're not gesturing at all. And then I take it back to a neutral conversation, and you're gesturing again. That's an indicator. That's a sign that you were lying to me. Now, the other thing that we look for is, does the body language match what you're saying? So another indicator that someone is lying is, you know, let's say you say, yes, I want to do that. But your head is going as if shaking yes or uh, no, you know, your, your head is shaking as if saying no. Um, and so we subconsciously, as human beings, we do these types of things because remember, your body is going to show the truth before you even have the thought. So you can lie to me, but your body will contradict you. Um, and again, one of the things that we look for is does that. Does the body language that matches what you say, does it come first before you speak? Um, And if it does, um, we're also going to be looking at whether or not your body language matches what you're saying. Um, Because if it contradicts what you're saying, that's yet another indicator. So we look for what we call clusters um, in, in people's behavior and in their speech that would indicate that there's a chance that they're lying. But this goes back to those 13 different types of lies, and, and one of which is the entertainment lie, because fundamentally the actor is lying in front of the camera. That's a certain type of lie. So we know that, but we suspend that disbelief as an audience watching these people because we want to be entertained. So sometimes lies aren't always malicious uh, or uh, evil in some way, no you know, as we would say. Uh, that sometimes it's a, an innocent lie, the convenience lie, for example. you know, Sometimes it's just easier and more convenient to lie about something um, than to, to actually, you know, are you having a great day? let huh? say you had a really crappy day and uh, somebody asks you that and you're in a hurry. You know, sometimes it's just more convenient to say, yeah, yeah, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so, not no so doubt you about have to it. take we, that into run... consideration.
3: Yeah. I could listen to this all day. I wanted to ask you if that makes you a good liar, but we're out of time. <laughs> you might also, you might get a date out of this too, right?
11: Yeah, right. I, I just advertised <laughs> on the national radio. I love it. <laughs>
3: and then where well, can we find pleasure. you to, to learn all this, Faith?
11: The website is actingscience.com. I also encourage people to follow me on Instagram, which is communication method. Four actors, all spelled out, all one word, all together. Communication methods for actors.
3: Faith Hibbs Clark, thanks so much for your time. Very interesting stuff.
11: Excellent. Thanks for having me.
3: All right. Uh, If you want a date, call her up. Uh, Billy Stanley on the other
12: side. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. I don't even recognize myself anymore.
5: I'm really worried about him
1: That's 800-817-2968
9: I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic.
3: Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art
0: critic. That painting is bad.
14: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: All right, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show New York Times bestselling author Billy Stanley. He has a brand-new memoir entitled The Faith of Elvis, A Story Only a Brother Can Tell, which has just come out this week. Billy, welcome to the show And um, it's interesting to hear, because with the new movie, there's uh, so much new interest in Elvis, and especially from a lot of millennials that maybe didn't really know who he was. Um, What is it about the faith when you mention that? What are you trying to get across with the title?
15: Well, a lot of it's been written about Elvis since he passed away. And not not all of it's been very, well, most of it hasn't been very flattering at all. And I wanted to show a side of Elvis that nobody's really n- known about. I mean, the guy was a good guy. He was more than just a rock star, you know, and it, you know, uh, the way he died and all this stuff like that, you know, and everybody, okay, <laughs> that horse has been beat to death. So let's introduce the world to a new, I mean, a different Elvis that was re- that the real Elvis. And, you know, let's get past all that other stuff.
3: What would be the, the stuff that maybe bugs you the most? Because I know in, in his... Later years, he had put on a lot of weight. And, uh, I mean, what, some of the, uh, the sort of tropes that are about him that you think that you'd like to dispel.
15: Well, you know, I mean, he, he was, like I just said a minute ago, I mean, he was much greater than what has been said. The media loves to take some, especially somebody that's, you know, famous and did good and, you know, was, you know, probably the greatest entertainer there ever was. And they love to just t- tear a person down. Mm-hmm. And why they do that, I don't know. But, you know, I, I want, here again, I wanted to show a better positive side and let everybody know that Elvis was a Christian, too, you know? I mean, w- w- that, that was one of the biggest things in his life that he, you know, he held on to was his faith. You know, and I mean, everybody says, well, you know, this and that. I, well, everybody has problems, you know? But where did he turn to? helped solve some of his problems. or well, where did he get comfort? He turned to the Bible.
3: Right, and I think a lot of times, too, when people see a documentary or a movie, they think it's a documentary. So I assume you, you saw the new movie, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. so how much of it is real and how much of it is just complete farce?
15: Well, first let me start off by saying this. My opinion of the movie really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking to somebody that was there now. You know, it's what the fans think of it. If they enjoy it, that's great. Now, was it accurate? No, it wasn't. I mean, I went in with an open mind, you know, because I knew, okay, here you go, Billy. Here's another movie about Elvis. Uh, Let's just see what it's about. And so I went in with an open mind, and it just started getting closed as the movie progressed, especially when it showed the scene between Elvis and his mom. Elvis would never talk to his mother like that. He loved her too much. You know, he wouldn't going you know, to cuss in front of his mom. No, he, would, mm-hmm. no, he wouldn't do that. Uh, they made his dad look like an idiot, you know, which that's completely false. I mean, his dad was a lot stronger than that. His dad loved him as, you know, as a father and son relationship, but they made it out like, okay, we do whatever Colonel was. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> that's not, that didn't happen. So that, right. and you know.
3: Speaking of the Colonel Tom Hanks's uh portrayal of him uh accurate or way off?
15: Uh I thought he was worse. Mm. <laughs> wow. You know? uh, but I mean that's just my opinion.
3: So Well let's let's talk about your experience because you're seven years old and you and your little brothers, you go into Graceland and then here's your big brother. Uh, Elvis. Now, at the time, you knew there was something special about him because of the attention that he got. But to you, was he just a great, big brother for you?
15: Well, first off, I did, we didn't know who Elvis was. We were military brats. My dad was career army, mm-hmm. so we didn't have a TV or a radio, so we never heard of Elvis Presley before in our life. We didn't know wow. who, he, didn't have any idea who he was. And the night we met him, we Came in the grace, when he was downstairs shooting pool, walked, in, walked downstairs, and there was a bunch of people around the pool table. All I heard was a voice say, eight ball in the corner of pocket. And then evidently he made the shot because everybody started applauding and everything. And, and as soon as he made the shot, everybody just kind of farted. And there he was standing at the end of the table. He looked over at us and smiled and walked up and said, What have we got here, Daddy? And he reached down and picked my brothers and I. We were all very small. I was seven. My brother Rick was six and David was four. So he picked all three of us up at the same time and said, Daddy, I always want a little brother. Now I got three.
16: Hmm.
15: So that's you know, that was the beginning of our relationship. You know, we were there with him for seventeen years.
3: Now, as you're growing up, getting into teenage hijinks, talking about girls, what kind of advice would he give you? And then maybe a, a little bit of gentle discipline as well. <laughs>
15: Well, yeah, he always said, you know, uh, women are a gift from God, and they should be treated that way. Mm-hmm. Now, the general discipline is, uh, my brother Rick and I, we were teenagers. Uh, let's see, this had to have been around 72 or 73. We was riding around in his uh, Lincoln, and he and I were discussing, you know, what would well, it'd be a cool way to meet some girls? And I saw the blue light, which Elvis was part of the police department. He had it in his Lincoln. I said, we could pull some girls over. And so we did that for a little while. You know, most of them just kind of, when they see us, they'd laugh and drive off, you know, stuff like that. Or just, you idiot, you know. And so they would drive off. So we did this for a little while, and then we went back to Grayson. Now, Elvis must have seen us drive through the gates because his timing was perfect. As soon as we walked in the door, he, he was coming down the stairs. And we walked in and he said, I need to talk to you two in my room right now. And we just, when he said that, we went, uh-oh, we did something wrong. And we didn't know. So uh, we get up there and he said, I got a call from the police department that uh, two young men were riding around pulling people over. And we, Rick and I looked at each other and we looked at him and said, yeah, that we, that's what we did. And he, he got, he got real serious real quick. He just said, did you ever think? If he, what would have happened if you pulled the wrong person over? We went, what do you mean? He said, if you'd have pulled over a hardcore criminal or something, they could have blown you away like this. Mm-hmm. I went, oh, we didn't think of that. No, you didn't. And so he said, you know, be, before you do things, think about it. You know, But here again, we're teenagers, you know. So he just, and, you know, once that little light came on in our mind and Rick's head, we just said, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we we didn't think. We won't ever do it again. He said, okay, that's what I wanted to hear. He, but whenever he corrected us, that that's, he didn't believe in hitting or yelling or anything like that, he'd rather talk to you and you know mm-hmm. let that little light in your head come on. And, oh, okay, yeah, I did wrong. Once he heard us say, "Okay, we won't do it again," he said, "Okay." He said, "All right." So you're going to do it again? We said, "No, nope, we promise, we'll never do it again." So he started walking us to his door, to, you know, so sort of walk us out of the room. He said, I gotta ask one thing now. We said, Okay, what's that? He said, Did you meet any good looking ones? <laughs> he said, Jew. I said, We we saw a few, but you know, they just kinda laughed at us and pulled away. He's and there was a t- popular T V show back then, Starsky and Hutch. He said, So right. you guys you think you're Starsky? He said, uh, just start calling you guys Starsky and Mutch. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, what's it what's it like now? You're living in Memphis, just a few miles from Graceland, and for so many people, it's like you know a re- religious pilgrimage to go there. And you're like, yeah, that's that's my old house.
15: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's kind of neat, you know, go by and see all these people around it and stuff like that. Uh, uh, I I, go, I drive out that way maybe once or twice a year. Every now and then, uh, you know, I'll take. Some fans through Graceland, you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pay for their tickets and take them through and give them a tour that they'll never forget. Uh, I do that every now and then. Uh, I have a uh, I uh, racing. Have you heard anything about that? No. Okay, I'm on I racing, which is internet racing, and it's NASCAR, pretty much any style of racing you want to do, and that's pretty much what I do. And I got a team called Hound Dog Racing. Mm-hmm. And we have races that air every Saturday night at five thirty Central Time. It's on YouTube mm-hmm. and Facebook. But then the, we have contests during the season and in the contest whoever wins the contest, you know, we it could be uh a lot of the times we'll do like a tour of Graceland. They just the fans tell me when okay, when you come into town and okay, um I'll come by, pick you up and then we'll go through Graceland.
3: Outstanding the stuff. The,
15: have every year.
3: Yeah, no, it's uh, I mean, like you said, uh, the the subtitle, a story only a brother can tell. The name of the book is The Faith of Elvis, uh, written by our guest, New York Times bestselling author Billy Stanley, who uh, was there and uh, was uh, family and still is family with the with the King. Billy, uh, thanks for coming on and congratulations on the book.
15: Yeah, thanks for having thanks for having me on the show, Rick. Now I got to ask. Yeah. I heard that intro when I, before I came on the show. This lady say, "I'm so disgusted with Rick." <laughs> what did she mean by that? <laughs> Do
3: you know what? I wrote those return liners just to be funny, like 20 years ago, and I still use them every day. I I wrote it.
15: It, it, it kind of scared me when I heard it. I went, "Okay, I'm sure he did this, but I want not know what made her what got her disgusted." <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks, Billy.
15: Okay, thanks for
3: having me on the show. All right, good stuff. Paying attention there. Billy Stanley, the book, The Faith of Elvis. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back with director director Harold Svarth.
1: That's eight hundred eight seven one ninety four seventeen. 871 9417 Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
4: Are you looking for solutions for health and wellness at home? Please visit antiagingbed.com. They are on a mission to use proven technology to provide you with healthy solutions to many conditions that affect all of us physically and mentally. Use promo code wellness for your discount. antiagingbed.com. Technology proven to help you feel your best. Use promo code wellness antiagingbed.com. Feel your best.
18: You're so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece.
14: I'm 33% sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100% sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
3: Oh, that really uh, hurts my feelings. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. We're waiting on our guest, and when we get him, we'll throw him on the air. Meanwhile, we have baseball going on, playoff baseball, and this is sort of like March Madness because that's when we have these games, like during when I'm on the air, And like St. Mary's would be eliminated by Southern Illinois before my show's over. I didn't even (laughs) get to watch them. It seems like it's almost one of those things. The only time I can think of baseball being this early, I think on Patriot day in Boston, they have the marathon and then they have the game and it's usually like a, it seems like a 10 AM West coast start, which is normal on weekends, but not during a weekday. So, um, Just to update you from Progressive Field, which we used to call the Jake, um, it is the top of the third, and uh, Tampa Bay is batting against Shane Bieber, and uh, going for the Rays, of course, is their ace, uh, Shane McClanahan. It is the Battle of the Shanes. All right, we do have our guest. We're quite happy to bring in film director Harald Svart. He has a movie called Long Flat Balls, Broken Promises which is a action packed Norwegian road trip comedy. Harald, welcome to the show. And uh, first of all, congratulations on Erling Holland. What's it like having the best striker in the world from Norway?
2: <laughs> it's amazing. I you know, I've worked with him, I've done a commercial with him. He's a he's an amazing character. We're very, very proud of him.
3: And it's funny because I remember when I worked at the uh, 94 World Cup out here, that uh, Nor- Norway team, uh, you know, Eric, I'm a huge Tottenham fan, so I love Eric Torsvet and, and Oyving Leonhardsen, but uh, his dad, Alf Inge, was, was on that team as well. I mean, who knew that his son yep. would be the guy?
2: Yeah, I know. Probably his, uh, his dad knew. <laughs> I don't know. No, he's quite amazing. Oh, we're very a, proud of him. We have a few people now. We have, uh, you know, him, and then we have Rude at tennis, and then we have our guy in chess. You know, we're a small country with some big, uh, big players out there.
3: That's right, the grandmaster. That's right, and getting to the Wimbledon yeah. final. Yeah, Norway's on the up now. I'm of Danish heritage, and my grandfather was from there, and I've spent so much time uh, in Denmark, and that Scandinavian humor, uh, can you sort of describe it, and would you say it's kind of a permeating thing throughout that area of the world?
2: Yeah, I mean, we've always been very famous for our very deadpan, (laughs) low-key sense of quirky humor. You know, some people describe it a bit like the Coen Brothers type humor, where it's just a real character-driven sense of, of humor. And I think a lot of our commercials were always very successful in in Cannes and around the world, because we never had the budget to make big spectacular commercials. So we just had to make them really funny instead. And uh, ever since our heritage of God knows what, you know, Ibsen and Bergman, the <laughs> idea of being very flamboyant and outspoken and loud, it just goes against the grain of our nature. So we're always the quiet, bunch you know so so i guess the scandinavian comedy has just permeated like like a real quirky but still very smart and 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 it just like our movie just uh we were so nervous on our first screening we had a screening at minneapolis and uh, we kind of knew it traveled but we had no idea it would be hollering laughter from beginning to end so we're very happy with that
3: very cool and uh, I was born uh, June 28th, 1965. I guess I beat you by three days, huh? Yeah,
2: that's right. Yes.
3: Wow. <laughs> Just looking at you. I always find that the coolest people were born in 65. I don't know if you agree with that or not.
2: Yeah, absolutely agree.
3: Right. 100%. <laughs> All right. Well, now this is this is part of a, a franchise, right? This is uh, something that uh, Norway, more people have seen this franchise than, than anyone. Tell us about this edition of Broken Promises.
2: Yeah, it, it started as a, just a wild idea we had one summer when my wife and I were back in Norway for, cause you know, we live permanently in Los Angeles where mm-hmm. we do other movies such as the Karate Kid and, you know, we've done uh, Pink Panther and, and then we went home and I did a commercial for a Norwegian telephone company called Telenor. And the idea was that there were the six, six soccer supporters with Norway written on their chest. And then the R, the guy with the R was missing because he didn't have the right cell phone connection. So it said, no way. So when the Norway <laughs> scored, it said, no way. And then Paul, uh, Paul, the writer who wrote that commercial, he suddenly had this idea and said, why what, what is the y goes looking for the R? And then the R shows up and takes that place. And then it said, no war. And, uh, and that was just about the time, I think there was some Afghan unrest with the U.S., and so that commercial just went totally crazy all over the world, and these guys turned into superstars. And, and I had set out to cast this commercial with absolutely ordinary people. I didn't want any actors, I just wanted ordinary people. So we went out in the street and we found a guy said, you know, you're, you're big and chubby, <laughs> come on, be in this commercial. So we decided, okay, these guys are now stars. Let's try to make a movie. So we made this zero-budget funny movie about these car mechanics going to Germany to see Norway in the World Cup. And and it was just sort of a freak thing where we just did everything ourselves. And that thing just became a phenomenon. It was the biggest hit. It beat everybody else at the box office. We made it for absolutely nothing, and it made box office records so we decided to make a second one we had even Johnson Johnson featuring the second one mm-hmm. and then we uh we thought we were done with it but then the fans have been harassing us after karate kid and we did a movie called the 12th man always when we were on tour people said yeah, yeah karate kid was great but <laughs> when are you going to make the third one so we decided uh, 14 years later we decided okay let's go and make a third one and that one was also a massive hit so I think they, they've they done more than 19 out of 22 Marvel movies these movies have beat Marvel at the box office
3: that's absolutely amazing a couple more questions for Harald Svart the new movie Long Flat Balls Broken Promises so some cameos in here Samantha Fox and also Princess Merita Luisa
2: yep that's right yep she's you know she is, in real life, she is a truck driver because she, uh, she took the truck driving license because she is interested in uh, uh, horse sports. So she needed to drive her horses around. So she has a truck uh, driver license. So we thought, okay, let's stick her in. She's also a friend. So we thought, okay, you want to be a truck driver? <laughs> so she makes a great cameo in the movie. And then uh, Samantha Polk's connection is because she's actually married to a woman from that local hometown. So they, we were lucky. Uh, that, that opportunity came just sailing to us, and that was too good to pass on. So we said, yeah, let's stick her in the movie, too.
3: And uh, taking this around to film festivals, I know you're at Mill Valley. You were in Venice. You're going to be at uh, Newport coming up here on the uh, 18th. Uh, American audiences also loving this.
2: Yes, like I said, we had a uh, we won audience awards around uh, different festivals, and we had a very successful screening in Minneapolis. Uh, a packed audience, and uh, they laughed from the beginning to the end. So it, it it's like a Cohen esque type of humor. People absolutely love it. Very, yeah, just very quirky, uh, smart humor.
3: So your favorite? I'm trying to think of maybe if I look back. Your favorite manager of the national team? Would it be Edgel Olson? <laughs>
2: you know what? I'm not that uh, uh, that clever in in soccer. I I love soccer, and uh, I actually did a. You know, uh, oh, speaking of soccer, Jose Mourinho has a cameo Ooh. in the first long flat balls. Oh wow! Because I yeah, I did a commercial with Jose uh, in uh, in Europe for a Samsung, and then. I asked him during lunch, I said, you know, we were making this small movie. Would you make an appearance? And I held the camera with one hand and his script with the other. <laughs> and, and that's how he made a cameo. And, uh, you know, so he, he's in the first movie.
3: Yeah, he is the special one, as you know. I, I did a selfie with him one time way before there were cell phones and his eyes were closed. But I at least have that. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so how do we? Uh, uh, is this going to be uh, a movie that uh, is going to be streaming sometime soon? How can we get our eyeballs on it?
2: Yeah, you know, we're uh, we're uh, looking for a home, and this uh, festival hype is kind of helping us uh, do that. So uh, uh, we're we're open for offers if somebody wants to get the whole franchise. It's a really little gem that we, we control and own ourselves. So see, the- Hopefully. <laughs>
3: Is the trilogy in like a tight little bow now, or are we looking for episode four in a couple of years?
2: No, I think uh, this was the last and third one. You know, we were lucky that some of the guys were still alive making this movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's funny because these, these guys are absolutely amazing, natural talents. None of them are actors. You know, Petter, who is the, the more of the lead guy, he's the car mechanic. On the Saturday, he was on red carpet in full tux, and on Monday he was back in the same city repairing big engines. And and, and the guy who is in the movie on social welfare, he is really on social welfare, you know. So it's uh, <laughs> we'll see if they can we can we'll see if they can take it, you know. But uh, the couple of the guys are coming over to Newport Beach Film Festival to, to attend the oh. premiere here, so that'd be fun.
3: So, last question. You say like uh, Petra Andres, Jorgensen, Kai Helga Hansen, Edgar, Jan Fjell, uh, Anders Fossiel, Eric Stener Tobiasen, Frode Lie. Are, are these all national heroes? I mean, are they recognized when they walk down the street of
1: Tromso?
2: Yes, they are. Uh, they are absolutely have turned into big stars. So Petter who travels all around Norway to do uh, uh, to do repairs, you know, he he repairs this huge stone-crushing engines. He just shows up at work, and then when he starts talking, because he has a very specific dialect, everybody goes, wait a minute, aren't you (laughs) that? And then they're all, oh, wow! (laughs) It's all full-on selfie time. Yeah, so they, and and people like Fruda, he he doesn't want to be that recognized, so he had a long beard for the movie, and he actually shaved to not be recognized. So, you know, Mm. they all have their normal lives that they have to, take care of so some enjoy it more than
3: others well the film is called long flat balls broken promises and uh, directed by our guest uh, very accomplished veteran filmmaker harold svart thank you so much for coming on congratulations on it's like a really fun movie oh thank you very much i loved it thank you so much my pleasure all right good stuff i'm rick tittle tools i'm rick tittle come on back on sports byline
16: Tell me who's watching,
0: who's watching me?
14: his servants.
3: Thank you for that. We still have uh, two more hours to go. We have another film director coming up on the other side, a movie about Ukraine. And then uh, open lines going do some Rick's picks. Ken Thompson will join us in about an hour 15 to talk football and then more open lines. Just keeping you updated on the Major League Baseball playoffs. We have four games today and the first one is underway. That's right, getting a 9.07 a.m. start out here on the West Coast, but I know that Cleveland is in the eastern time zone, so it was a nooner for all of them at Progressive Field. So far, um, it's goose eggs uh, on the scoreline, 0-0. The Guardians do have a couple of hits. Shane Bieber right now with a no-no through four, so uh, neither side has uh, blinked uh, just yet. But uh, as I also mentioned, coming up here in just over an hour, I mean, these things are going to start overlapping. In just over an hour, the National League will get things underway at New Bush with the Cardinals hosting the Phils. If you squint, you won't be able to tell which team is which. <laughs> it's just these cookie-cutter red teams. And you might say the same thing at 1 o'clock Pacific with the Blue Jays hosting the Mariners. Uh, the Mariners, uh, the last time they were in the playoffs, William Howard Taft was president. And then uh, we'll go to Queens, Flushing specifically at City Field at 5 o'clock Pacific. That'll be the nightcap. And uh, the Metsies are back in the playoffs. But some great matchups. It's going to be Scherzer versus Darvish in that one. Blue Jays will put out Manoa against Castillo, who the Mariners acquired from the Reds, and then the Phillies, it's going to be Zach Wheeler, former first-round pick of the Giants, versus Jose Quintana, who they brought over from Pittsburgh to St. Louis. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. we got two more hours. Come on back on Sports Byline.
19: Say Radio News with Tim Berg. Weekly jobless claims are up. The Department of Labor says claims for the week ending October 1st were at 219,000. It's an increase of 29,000 from the previous week. There are new fears gas prices will rise even higher now that OPEC and its allies plan to slash oil production. Oil analysts say the cut will probably lead to even more price increases at the pump. The White House saying President Biden is disappointed by the short-sighted decision made by OPEC+. Plus. A group is looking into how many abortion clinics have closed this year. From the USA Radio News West Coast News Bureau, Lance Pry has the details.
20: At least 66 clinics in 15 states have stopped providing abortions since the United States Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. The number of clinics providing abortions in the 15 states dropped from 79 before the June 24th decision, to 13 as of October 2nd. That's according to the Guttmacher Institute, a research group that supports abortions.
19: Murders increased slightly across the country last year, according to a new report by the FBI. Appearing on Fox Business, Tennessee Republican Senator Bill Haggerty says this is why he proposed legislation that would end so-called soft-on-crime policies.
17: That's prompted Marsha Blackburn and I, my senior senator from Tennessee, to put forward legislation to deal with this right now. We need to turn around and get our law and order in in in, reinstated here in our, our cities in America. We need to properly fund the police and prosecutors.
19: President Biden will be in New York and New Jersey on Thursday. New York Governor Kathy Hochul will join the president in Poughkeepsie to highlight a big investment by IBM the company saying it will make a twenty billion dollar investment in the hudson valley region over the next ten years usa radio news finding great candidates to hire can be like well The already massive Powerball jackpot keeps getting bigger. With no grand prize winner in Wednesday night's drawing, the top prize has shot up to $348 million. The next drawing set for Saturday night. A big-time movie producer is in hot water.
22: Prosecutors in Los Angeles announced Wednesday that veteran producer Eric Weinberg was arrested Tuesday on multiple charges including sexual assault and false imprisonment. Weinberg is best known as co-creator of the hit TV show, Scrubs. Prosecutors say from the 1990s to as recently as 2020, Weinberg used his position in Hollywood to lure young women to photo shoots where he assaulted as many as five victims, but investigators say they believe there are many, many more. In a news conference Wednesday, L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon said no one is above the law. We will hold anyone who commits such acts Accountable no matter what your job is, your wealth, or your privilege. From the Gulf Coast Radio News Bureau, I'm Tony Maruso.
19: New research shows the best time to eat is earlier in the day. Two new studies published this week suggest eating earlier in the day and within a 10-hour period may help with weight loss and improve cholesterol levels. Week 5 of the NFL season kicks off Thursday night with the Denver Broncos playing host to the Indianapolis Colts. That game can be seen on Amazon Prime. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Improve fuel mileage with Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner at O'Reilly
9: Auto Parts. A clean fuel system can increase your vehicle's performance and gas mileage. Get Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner starting at 9 dollars and earn 10 times O rewards points on your purchase. Get the most out of every gallon. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts or shop OReillyAuto.com today.
16: Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
0: Auto Parts
3: Thank you for that and welcome back to the show. Rick Tuttle, with you coast to coast, around the world, on the American Forces Radio Network. Come on in and get heard wherever you might happen to be listening. In this great land of ours, this land of Romania, um, I just got word that uh, Judy Tenuta has uh, passed away uh, from cancer yesterday. And I did an interview with her about nine months ago, and um, maybe I might have to tweet that out. It's really sad. She was great in the interview, and um, I'm really—excuse me—I'm really uh, sorry to uh, hear that because she was uh, absolutely hilarious. She was the uh, the the love goddess, as she would say, and then. She would pretend to like blush and be like, oh, she had the, a huge old accordion and um, and she'd always go, it could happen. Like she'd come out like, oh, all flowery. Then she'd go, it could happen. And remember one time when I brought it up with her, I'm sure I did in the interview, but she pointed in the audience at some guy and she goes, just like you, except with the human head. <laughs> She's uh, very, very uh, hilarious, but anyway, um, R.I.P. to uh, every uh, to her and uh, to her friends. That's really, that's really messed up, and I I didn't know about it <clears throat> until right now. She was seventy-two years old, and uh, I guess it was uh, cancer. All right, TuneIn app, iHeartRadio app, uh, Stitcher app. Those are always of uh, receiving the uh, programming here. And uh, as always, you can email me, rick at sportsbyline.com. That's the best way to get in through the old email address, rick at com. And uh, also, uh, CRN Digital Plus Two, the cable radio network, Channel Two, and your cable provider. That'll get you as well, 35 million homes. And uh, call me up, 1 800 878 Play. we got another hour. Come on back. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast-to-coast coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show filmmaker Yevgeny Afineevsky, and he's here to talk about his new film, Freedom on Fire, Ukraine's fight for freedom, which he has directed, made its world premiere at the Venice Film Festival. It is uh, now going to be at the Mill Valley Film Festival on the 11th at 3.30 p.m. at the Cine Arts Sequoia and on the 12th, Wednesday, 12.45 p.m., at the smith Rafael Film Center, Center, and Yevgeny will be at both the screenings. Welcome to the show. Obviously, we know why this film uh, is made. It's about as timely as it gets. So at what point, when this whole conflict started, did you say, I got to get over there, I got to start documenting all this?
24: Hi, Rick. Hi, everybody. You know, it's interesting because... I did the movie in 2013-2014 in Ukraine, and many people probably familiar with the Netflix movie Winter on Fire, Ukrainian Fight for Freedom, which Netflix released in 2015, which for me was my first experience on the U- in Ukraine, on the grounds of Ukraine, where I witnessed amazing uprising, which uh, really showed that How powerful the will of the people. They won the revolution. They over, basically, the president who was a big supporter of Putin's regime, fled to Russia. And Ukraine had their elections, their democratic elections. What happened after? In 2014, I witnessed the beginning of the war. When Putin losing control over Ukraine, and he literally unleashed the war annexation of Crimea, Donetsk report, the Baltsawa, Lavalsky kateol. So I witnessed the beginning of the war. But somehow, through the eight years, the war went unnoticed. Unnoticed to the bigger world because of many other reasons pandemic, different situations in each and every country. We also experienced our internal situations, political the uh, strong situations in our country. So I think the world unnoticed this war which allowed to Putin unleash all his power in this year to go full-fledged invasion of Ukraine in uh, February 24 exactly almost 8 years after the beginning of the real war. And that's the moment when in first days it was a disbelief but immediately after that I realized that You know what the world needs to see this because if again we will close our eyes and we will slowly neglect the situation who knows which bigger disaster it can bring a nuclear power unleashed or technically the whole world war three unleashed and i think in my vision as a filmmaker it is a world war three already in a part of the world and that's why i felt urgency and importance To go to the front lines to go back to my team there and start to document this and create this human bridge from our society into the world of the war to show this war in the middle of european union in today's world and to bring images and at the same time stories human stories of the mothers kids doctors volunteers and dedicated to journalists journalists who every day Bringing the truth from the front lines. That's why it was the urgency to tell this story.
3: Very interesting, and I know you come from Kazan, which is a fascinating city, and it's a big sports city now. But I just think about the nuances of being in Tartus, and thinking about when, you know, Ivan the Terrible made it part of Russia. It's such a mixed, uh, diverse type of city that, at least during those times in the Soviet Union, with the Kazan Kremlin, the fantastic building. So for you growing up there, what kind of mindset did you have towards, you know, the Ukraine or Belarus and uh, these other Soviet states? Was it kind of a brotherhood or did it kind of feel like these other states were sort of like chained
19: to Russia?
24: Remember, I was born in a completely different era. I was born in a pre-Perestroika era, completely different era under different kind of set of rules. Mm-hmm. And I was educated differently. And only when I left in 1991, almost you can count a long time ago, 30 something years, I literally realized how different it all was. Because in 1991, towards the August 91, and I left beginning. It was a collapse of perestroika, and it was drastical change of regime. And even I, towards end of my period of time, and I was eighteen when I left, uh, it was already a lot of changes because Gorbachev started perestroika and drastical changes in nineteen eighty nine. So two years before I left. So again, I witnessed certain changes, uh, changes towards the openness to to the world. And changed to the entire society in '89, but at the same time, after I left, Russia had drastical changes. Remember that Putin's regime was installed from '99 to 2000, and see, since that, Russia went completely different route in different direction. So I think for me, who experienced completely different society, I can only associate myself to Russia right now by knowing the language, but not knowing the personalities, characters, mentality. It's all different right now. The new generation, and even my generation, I think, is different right now. And the biggest contribution to that is the propaganda machine, the propaganda machine that you can learn about in my movie specifically, because in today's world, I feel that the putin's war against the world it's not just on the grounds of ukraine this war is also in the media in a propaganda space and that's exactly affecting the entire world and i think it's the new type of the war it's not just on the ground when the bombs falling on a, a human uh, lives on a human heads, on a civilian people on the soldiers i think sometimes the poison and poison can be even bigger than the word poison, can be through the media, and we can see how through the poisonous media, country can be divided, and country can follow the person like zombies. This is specifically we can see in Russia, and that can be seen widely in my movie.
3: Yeah, absolutely fascinating. We only have time for one more question, and I know just from your fascinating film, Cries from Syria, how dangerous is it for you and your crew to to go into these areas because a lot of times uh you will not be uh, getting a free pass as a member of the media
24: Absolutely and I think that's one of the reasons why specifically this movie I dedicating to journalists photographers all freedom fighters freedom seekers and I think in our days it's more more than any other time is really important because we all want the truth. We all want the truth that coming from the journalistic standpoint and from people like you who delivering the information to the people. And thank you for doing this every day. So this movie specifically dedicated to all who is no longer with us, some friends whom I lost during the Syria and during the process and who been a part of my journey in Syria and some friends whom I lost this year in Ukraine. I think that's biggest pain in my heart, and that's why in my movie you will see main character, female journalist, war zone, and she is my main character in this Ukrainian movie. And it's my dedication to everybody who been reporting from the front zones, who've been giving their lives, endangering their lives, to tell the truth.
3: Great stuff from Yevgeny Afineevsky. The movie *Freedom on Fire*: Ukraine's Fight for Freedom. The 11th and the 12th at the Mill Valley Film Festival. Yevgeny, congratulations on the film. Thank you. Thank, thank you. thank you so much. Uh, thank All you. right, we have thank open you. lines on the other side at 1-800-878-PLAY. Come on back.
1: That's 800-915-9654
9: Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family. You never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you Call the Debt Helpline
1: now. 800-943-2153. 800-943-2153. 800-943-2153. That's 800-943-2153. It doesn't really matter. I uh,
25: I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore. <laughs>
14: Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: Thank you for that. And welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American forces radio network, by the way, uh, Evgeny Afinievsky, he was the guy who during the pandemic, he did that movie Francesco about Pope Francis and Pope Francis said he was asked about gays and he said homosexuals have a right to be part of the family. They're children of God. God, they should have a right to have their own family. Nobody should be made miserable. Um, we have to create a civil union law and that created huge, um, stirring in the Catholic church because the official stance is that homosexuality is a quote deviant behavior. <clears throat> so Slowly, and I mean slowly, it, lo- <laughs> it looks like progress is being made there. <clears throat> and But then again, as someone who went to Catholic high school and Catholic college and took, what, eight years of theology, see, there's a different thing. Sometimes people think, and I'll get back to, and we're not even talking sports. I'll get back to sports in a second, but People think, oh, you're Catholic, you feel guilty, you feel guilty, I'm like, what did I do? You have Catholic guilt, why, what did I do? Uh, And they call us California Catholics, like you go through a, uh, you know, sort of a buffet, I'll take this and not that, I need this, not that, uh, you know. But when um, Pope Pius died, going back to the 60s, they wanted to elect Pope Paul, the guy who would be Paul. But they thought he was just a little bit too young, but they thought he was brilliant. Um, so they said he probably could use another five years. So they got this old guy, Angelo. And Angelo was super old and everybody loved him. And they thought, we'll put Angelo in there. He'll be the Pope for five years. He'll die. And then Paul can do it. And Angelo got the job and uh the white smoke came out of the smoke smack of the vatican and angelo called himself pope john and he had vatican ii first time in hundreds and hundreds of years he got all the brightest minds of the church together and they came up with some very revolutionary things one of them is to do mass in the vernacular in other words not in latin like when my dad grew up it was all dominico friscom <laughs> and they also decided at Vatican II that birth control was necessary. And that actually was the official stance of the Catholic Church. And then when he died, Pope Paul came in and he said, we can keep the vernacular, but we're, we're going back to the old days. Birth control is bad. So, Just because it looks like things are going well in one way, (laughs) then sometimes uh, they turn around and they go the other way. All right. Just thought I'd let you know. 1 800 87A play. First blood has been drawn in Cleveland. In the top of the sixth, the Rays squeezed a uh, run across. And so now it's one to nothing as the. Um I almost said Indians. The <clears throat> you just did Rick. The Guardians are uh batting. It was a um a home run for Siri, by the way. <clears throat> and that's the thing, you never know what's gonna happen in the playoffs. But Jose Siri is a defensive player. He's a two fifteen hitter, and he's only out there to, you know, steal bases and run down fly balls. So for him to hit a home run, that, that's the same. Remember when uh, Ozzie Smith hit that home run? You're like, what? one okay. 800 play <clears throat> Last night, Thursday night football. Super glad. Well, let's let's do this. Let's go to the phone lines, and we have my main man, Charlie, in New York City. What's going on, Charlie?
23: Hey, Rick. I oh, uh, you know you're talking baseball and all. I wanted to bring up uh, that... Uh, the gift that keeps on giving in the world of basketball dream on green mm-hmm. um, did you uh see the footage from TMZ
3: no they have footage huh
23: yeah it looks it's a lot worse than than uh, originally i thought it was yeah, what, can you yeah when you get it? a chance look at look at the TMZ footage okay. and i'd like to get your input afterwards because i didn't think it was a big deal and, um, you know, but he, he, it looked like he, well, you can watch it, but he got into Jordan's face. Uh, Jordan pushed him to get him out of his face and he just laid this haymaker. <laughs> no, I'm surprised he didn't break his jaw. Um, or at least knocked him out. It, it was, so I, I guess I
16: wanted,
23: I don't know how you come back from something like that. Um, I, I, I know the importance of what Draymond means to this team, but when you take it to that level of violence, I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how you come back from that. But um,
3: yeah, I'm watching, I, I'm, I just, I'm watching it right now. Okay. Okay. So they're they're not even real they're just kind of standing away from each other, and then Draymond starts walking over towards pool. And then he, like, gets in his face, and Poole pushes him, and then Draymond punches him in the face, really gets him, yeah, in the jaw and the neck. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but here's the thing. I don't blame Poole for pushing him because Draymond, like, got in his face. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, it was a yeah, uh, it was a sucker punch. You don't think your teammate, you know, you don't have your guard up because you don't think your teammate's going to punch you in the face. But he did it in front of everyone. But yeah, he definitely landed all four knuckles right there.
23: He <laughs> gave a good, as uh, my dad <laughs> a knuckle sandwich. Um, like so, now that you have just seen it in a split, like how? What do you? What do you do? What, what if you keep Draymond on the team? What message does that send?
12: Well, they're It'd
3: just what they're going to say is. This was all uh, like Steve Curry yesterday said, we're going to handle it in house. And what's going to happen is uh, Jordan Poole and Draymond, the next time you see them, they're going to have their arms around each other like everything's cool. Um, but it's also, you know, g- green is bigger than Poole. So it's, it's kind of lame. It's kind of like pick on somebody your own size. But Bob Myers said that Draymond apologized to the team. And then Bob Meyer said, if there's a fine, we're all just going to handle it in- internally. And um, I do know that uh, Clay Thompson said, look, uh, if you can't get yelled at by Draymond, then you probably shouldn't uh, be on the Warriors. But, you know, there's a difference from getting yelled at, like KD got yelled at. There's another thing about getting sucker punched like that.
23: Yeah, I mean, online I watched the... um Yesterday they had Myers come on and then Kerr and Bob Myers looked like he just looked like uh, I, I don't want to say heartbroken, but it's like. But when does enough become enough? When when when, you know, this is not a first-time offender to this these type of behavior and antics. Like, when does enough become enough with this guy? Like,
3: I, when you know, they when he stops being effective, uh, I guess, like I, I was done with him after the KD thing. I just thought that was way out of line, but you know, then again, we just won another championship. So, um, I, I I don't know. They love that guy and it seems like they're always going to love that guy.
23: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. Um, all right. I'll keep listening, buddy. Have a good weekend. Go Raiders. I'll talk to you you on Tuesday. the carnage from Monday
16: night.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's Monday night football. All right. Thanks, Charlie. Um, By the way, the uh, Indians. uh, Jeez, I said it again. Sorry, you can forgive me. It's only been my whole life. They've been the Indians. The Guardians have answered back after Bieber finally gave up a a run that uh, they have scored uh, two runs. And uh, that's a uh, Ramirez uh, home run knocking in uh, Rosario. So Cleveland was only behind uh, for just a second there. But yeah, just to get back to Charlie's question about when is enough enough. the, The Warriors have shown Draymond over the years that he can do anything he wants. And Draymond's very outspoken. I mean, he was outspoken about Robert Sarver and Phoenix, and just name just about anything. He's very, very outspoken. And um, I, I, I just I don't, you know, the the un he has. It seems like he has unconditional love from Lacob, and Myers and Kerr, but you know, it's just. Uh, I mean, do the Warriors do a personal suspension? I found out like when Crabtree had that thing with Tlaib, I actually asked Jack Del Rio, are you gonna suspend him on your own? And he looked at me like I was high. He's like, what are you talking about? So I doubt they're gonna do anything except maybe just give him a stern talking to and give him a private fine. But uh, yeah, it's uh, after seeing that punch, that is really, really bad. Thanks, Charlie. one 800 play Lines are open. Come on back.
13: I need to be able to work from anywhere. So I need to have supplies, well, everywhere. It's possible at Staples.
4: I need the same setup for my home as I have at the office, without twice the cost.
6: Also possible, because your local Staples store has the tools your business needs to get work done. Now get 40% back in a Staples store bonus when you buy any two or toner cartridges. Explore what's new at Staples, the working and learning store. Ends 115, limit two in-store only. See staplesconnect.com slash store bonus for details.
7: Call today and ask about our buy one, get one free offer.
1: 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. That's 800-761-9334.
4: Hi, Marsha Hawkins here of Elevating with Marsha. Please stop by MarshaHawkinsAgency.com. We're a full-service multi-line agency, and we offer a unique product called Indexed Universal Life Insurance. It's not your typical life insurance policy. Learn how you can pull money out tax-free in retirement with an Indexed Universal Life product. Please check out MarshaHawkinsAgency.com and book a consultation today. MarshaHawkinsAgency.com uh, You know,
23: people are always asking me, Tiger
19: how do you do it and my answer is shut up Uh, I ask the questions around here I'm Tiger
12: Woods
14: Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you and uh, the interview I did with Judy Tanuta, <clears throat> which um, I was told was nine months ago, so I assume it was February, if I do the math. That's up on my Twitter and my Facebook page uh, as well, Tittle Letting Sports with Rick Tittle. All right. When... NFL fans leave early from a game, one or two things is possible. They're either losing or they're in Los Angeles. <clears throat> That's what it is. But it was very interesting on Thursday Night Football when Broncos fans decided to leave just before the start of overtime, which the Colts won 12-9 to there. And after suffering through four quarters of watching Denver's offense, Thousands of fans decided that enough was enough. And it was very weird (laughs) because apparently watching the Broncos offense sets football back a hundred years. And the camera at the game caught fans leaving just after Russell Wilson took a knee on the final play of regulation to send the game to overtime. And I'm talking leaving in droves at nine nine. And Bronco fans decided that they would literally try to get a jump on traffic than to watch their favorite team play another down, even though they spent the night going there or spent the evening, and then forked out for a ticket. And the Broncos should have won the game in regulation with two nineteen left to play. They were leading nine to six, facing a third and four from the Colts, 13 yard line. All they needed to do was not make any mistakes and they're going to get at least a field goal out of the drive. But that didn't happen because Wilson threw a very ugly interception and I knew he did something dumb because uh, my homeboy Scott Farrell tweeted out Russell Wilson is garbage (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then he sent, he tweeted out something else as well. Yes, I follow seventeen people, and one of them is Farrell. <clears throat> so, I mean, if you think about the fact that uh, you know he they lost a the Super Bowl because of a Russell Wilson interception. Now, Matty Ice threw two ridiculous interceptions in this game. I mean, he just basically threw them right. One of them, he just threw it right to a Broncos linebacker. It was ridiculous. but Stephon Gilmore was Wilson's second pick of the game as well. And the fans did stick around to see if the Broncos defense could stop the Colts on these ensuing drive, but it didn't happen. The Colts went 72 yards and then got the game tying field goal. And that's where thousands of fans, uh, hit the road. And so when you think about it, you know, how, what is rock bottom, Rachmaninoff when it comes to what you're going to get out of your your team. Because I can tell you as a lifelong Raider fan that every Raider game I went to, since they moved back, I would be so excited. And then in the first quarter, I wanted to go home so bad. <laughs> so badly. <clears throat> I wanted to get the hell out of there just because it was just miserable because they stunk and the whole crowd was full of weed smoke, not a fan of weed, go ahead and smoke it all you want. It's just not for me. Sorry. And so I understand it, but I don't understand leaving while your team's going into OT unless it's the worst traffic in the history of the world. But then why even go? Like I learned my lesson with Levi's stadium. I'm never going back to Levi's stadium for a million dollars unless I've got some ridiculous private box and a limo is going to take me in and out because they built that stadium in the middle of a business park. And so you have red lights that are metered to let six cars through at a time. And then you sit at a red light timed going the other way with no cars. (laughs) It's so genius not the only time in my life where i was gonna leave early and i still didn't leave early was i learned my lesson at the world cup at stanford because the first game i went to between brazil and cameroon i watched the whole game and brazil won big party atmosphere my first ever world cup game and i sat in my car for hours on the farm. We were all parked in the orchard and the dust down at Stanford. Stanford is on a farm for real. That's why they call it that. And it took me, um, three hours. It was actually two fifty-five, I think it was to get out of the parking lot, two hours and 55 minutes just to get out of the parking lot. And so the next game I went to when it got down to the last couple of minutes i ran all the way up to the top of the stairs i was right at the exit just so i could barely peek over and as soon as the final whistle blew i sprinted <laughs> because that was the choice you know uh, i don't <clears throat> i don't want to leave early just because of traffic if the game is compelling but if the game is a stinker then let's just get a jump on it right that's the way I usually figure. And I don't think there's anything I've ever been to that I didn't at least contemplate getting the hell out a little bit early. But yeah, the, um, the donkeys <clears throat> got some problems. Now, think about this. <clears throat> Excuse me as far as complaining goes. The Green Bay Packers are going to London for the first time in franchise history. And everybody doesn't seem to be agreeing on everything. And why would they? You got over 50 players and with staff, you're talking over 100 people. But for the game in England, the Packers decided not to turn the trip into a vacation. They will not be there the entire week like the Saints did before their game against the Vikings and the Vikings of the Saints. The Packers are coming in today. And so, this is the type of thing now where I say, I don't care if it's Aaron Rodgers, there's no way you can acclimate on time to an eight hour change. Your body just can't do it. You can walk around, but you're walking around like a zombie. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is excited to go, but he'd like to change one thing. He said to ESPN, Quote, we're all excited. I think the reason I said I wanted to go over early was just to experience a little bit of that culture, to be able to get out and see some sites and interact with fans and shoot, go to a pub and have a Guinness or whatever the local brew is. That's all we want to do, those of us that want to go over early. End quote. Now, <clears throat> when he said we're all excited, that's not actually true because Packers corner Russell Douglas played with the Eagles there in 2018, and he hated it. He told PackersNews.com, it effing sucked. So they go, well, what did you hate about it? He said, quote, you don't get to do nothing over there. You just effing get on a plane, get over there, and effing practice, and then you play a game, you get back on a plane, and travel effing eight hours somewhere else. Unquote. Well, based on that complaint, it sounds like Douglas would agree with Rodgers. Now, when the Eagles traveled to England in 2018, they did the same thing the Packers are doing this year. They left on Thursday night, and they landed on Friday morning, and they had zero time to go out and do anything. Now, you do want it to be a business trip, but on the other hand, I know that when the Raiders were there, and I got there. Midweek, I think I got there on a Wednesday and the game was Sunday. Um, But coaches just hate being thrown out of their routine. They're creatures of habit. And when there's a minute adjustment to the schedule, it just throws these coaches all out of whack. And from that standpoint, Matt LaFleur, head coach of Green Bay, he said he feels like they're playing a Thursday game because of all the prep. He just says, uh, but you just go do it. So it is what it is. So if you're keeping score at home, Douglas hates playing in London. Rogers would prefer a longer trip. Lafleur says it's Thursday night game. Based on those comments, it doesn't sound like the Packers will be volunteering to play in London anytime soon. That being said, every team has to play at least one international game every eight years. Now they're playing the New York Giants who are, let's face it, a time zone or two, closer (laughs) to uh, London, will that help? I just want to know if the Giants were there the entire week. Because if they were, I'm going to pick them. I don't care who the quarterback is. The Packers are favored by eight. You can at least pick the Giants to cover. You're going to fly in and do it that way? Now, these are uh, world-class athletes in the best shape of their lives with nutritionists and people who will comb their hair as they walk by. They get the greatest treatment that a person can possibly get because they are commodities. They are things that will make you rich, these men that can uh, play football. So you want to do everything you can to keep the car well-oiled, so to speak. But I'm just thinking, you get in Friday morning, The first thing you have to do when you get in is pretend that you're on that time. So if you do take a nap, it can't be more than an hour. But what you do, let's say you get in at 830 in the morning, London time, your Greenwich mean time and mean, 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 very mean. Even though you've been up all day, you have to pretend it's eight o'clock in the morning. And what you need to do is you just need to make it to about 7 p.m., hopefully 8, and then you will sleep for 12 hours. You will sleep, and you will wake up the next day at 8 a.m., and guess what? You will be on London time. But if they go there and they allow these guys to take a nap, I mean, what are they supposed to do, practice? Now, the other thing is to keep in mind that they have that I don't Is that, are they all first class? Do they get those things where they get to lay down? Because that's another thing. The only thing is, is that the the time they take off, that's not their bedtime. Can they fake themselves into trying to fall asleep? But these are the things that I'm thinking about and Matt LaFleur is not thinking about. This isn't like flying from SF to DC. This is completely different. And uh, yeah, there's not going to be any pub for, but you know what? Aaron Rodgers could build his own pub and put it in his house. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Byline.
1: That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
10: Can I be real with you right now? I mean like,
1: really, really real?
10: Yes. I just thought about going out there for the second half and a little bit of pee came out.
14: Rick Tittle, you done broke my heart, but I still take you back. You hella fine.
3: All right. Thank you for that. And in about 10 minutes, we're going to have first pitch at uh, New Bush, Quintana for St. Louis against Wheeler of the uh, Phillies at 107 Pacific, Manoa for Tampa Bay, hosting the Mariners, who are back in the playoffs for the first time since there was an Ottoman Empire. Uh, Luis Castillo will be on the bump uh, for them. And then Mets and uh, Padres, Darvish versus Mad Max Scherzer. Getting back to the game in uh, Cleveland, it, it is still 2-1 to one in the uh, bottom of the 7th. Uh, Uh, One out, uh, Jimenez singled uh, to left, and so Cleveland is trying to uh, add on to their lead uh, right now. But uh, as I said, if you have a day off today, and maybe hopefully you do, um, this would be a great way to just watch, let's see, 12 hours of baseball? (laughs) Could we do... Could we do 12 hours of baseball? That would be uh, definitely be something else. All right. Um, and also, if you want to send me an email, it's uh, rick at sportsbyline.com uh, as well, if you want to get in uh, that way as well. Otherwise, just call me up one 800 878 By the way, getting back to Draymond, there's one thing I'll say about Draymond. Those who say he's a great teammate, you can't say that anymore. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll see you on the other side.
19: USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Weekly jobless claims are up. The Department of Labor says claims for the week ending October 1st were at 219,000. It's an increase of 29,000 from the previous week. There are new fears gas prices will rise even higher now that OPEC and its allies plan to slash oil production. Oil analysts say the cut will probably lead to even more price increases at the pump. The White House saying President Biden is disappointed by the short-sighted decision made by OPEC+. Plus. A group is looking into how many abortion clinics have closed this year. From the USA Radio News West Coast News Bureau, Lance Pry has the details.
20: At least 66 clinics in 15 states have stopped providing abortions since the United States Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. The number of clinics providing abortions in the 15 states dropped from 79 before the June 24th decision, to 13 as of October 2nd. That's according to the Guttmacher Institute, a research group that supports abortions.
19: Murders increased slightly across the country last year, according to a new report by the FBI. Appearing on Fox Business, Tennessee Republican Senator Bill Haggerty says this is why he proposed legislation that would end so-called soft-on-crime policies.
17: That's prompted Marsha Blackburn and I, my senior senator from Tennessee, to put forward legislation to deal with this right now. We need to turn around and get our law and order in in in, reinstated here in our, our cities in America. We need to properly fund the police and prosecutors.
19: President Biden will be in New York and New Jersey on Thursday. New York Governor Kathy Hochul will join the president in Poughkeepsie to highlight a big investment by IBM the company saying it will make a twenty billion dollar investment in the hudson valley region over the next ten years usa radio news finding great candidates to hire can be like well The already massive Powerball jackpot keeps getting bigger. With no grand prize winner in Wednesday night's drawing, the top prize has shot up to $348 million. The next drawing set for Saturday night. A big-time movie producer is in hot water.
22: Prosecutors in Los Angeles announced Wednesday that veteran producer Eric Weinberg was arrested Tuesday on multiple charges including sexual assault and false imprisonment. Weinberg is best known as co-creator of the hit TV show, Scrubs. Prosecutors say from the 1990s to as recently as 2020, Weinberg used his position in Hollywood to lure young women to photo shoots where he assaulted as many as five victims, but investigators say they believe there are many, many more. In a news conference Wednesday, L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon said no one is above the law. We will hold anyone who commits such acts Accountable no matter what your job is, your wealth, or your privilege. From the Gulf Coast Radio News Bureau, I'm Tony Maruso.
19: New research shows the best time to eat is earlier in the day. Two new studies published this week suggest eating earlier in the day and within a 10-hour period may help with weight loss and improve cholesterol levels. Week 5 of the NFL season kicks off Thursday night with the Denver Broncos playing host to the Indianapolis Colts. That game can be seen on Amazon Prime. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Improve fuel mileage with Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner at O'Reilly
9: Auto Parts. A clean fuel system can increase your vehicle's performance and gas mileage. Get Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner starting at $9.99 and earn 10 times O rewards points on your purchase. Get the most out of every gallon. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts or shop OReillyAuto.com today.
16: Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts
3: Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. 1 800 878 play to get in and get heard. 1 800 878 7529. Thank you. By the way, are you interested in Odell Beckham Jr.? He apparently has narrowed down his teams, and um, he uh, revealed it to uh, ESPN, you ready if you're these five teams? Chiefs, Packers, Rams, Bills, Ravens. Not too many surprises, he wants to be a contender. The Rams have been pushing for months to get OBJ back, When you look at how their offense has been going, it's basically Cooper Cup and nothing. The Packers could especially use him. They just have a lot of rooks at wideout. If uh, he goes with Kansas City, of course, that would give them another uh, one-two punch. But Buffalo as well, if you think Stephon Diggs on uh, one side, you could say they already have a one-two punch with Diggs and Gabe Davis. But Gabe Davis is dealing with an ankle uh, right now. And... Um, Baltimore is clearly trying to get receivers because it just signed, they just signed Andy Isabella <clears throat> this week. So Beckham will not be healthy enough to play until next month. So he's got another few weeks to figure out who he wants to uh, go to. And then he can just check the teams off the list. But remember, he said the good Lord hurt him so that he could win a Super Bowl. Interesting way of looking at it. And who's to say he's wrong? 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. We have a uh, segment coming up. Where we're going to talk a little soccer, actually, with Tom Viola. And then we'll get into uh, Rick's picks and anything on your mind in the world of sports. Once again, 1-800-878-PLAY. Saluting our brave men and women in the military, listening on American Forces Radio Network, both home and abroad. A lot of the lay people as well. If you're a lay person, that means you lay down on the job. What's that? Oh, I'm wrong about that. But no, you're doing a great job. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
17: If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time.
1: That's 800-725-1651. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Do you want to know the secret to putting extra money back in your pocket? Then switch your car insurance. And now you can make one phone call and shop dozens of insurance companies. Just like buying airline tickets, where it's easy to make one call that has all the best deals. We have great deals with most of the major top-rated insurance companies. We are your superstore for car insurance. We've switched people from their expensive car insurance plans and saved them hundreds of dollars a year. That's 800-298-9093.
18: Right now, sports betting is the fastest growing industry in the world. To consistently cash tickets at the sports books, it's best to be armed with the right plays from the best sports bettors in the business. That's what you'll get at againstthenumber.com. Beating the books at their own game. Visit against the number.com. That's against the number.com.
10: Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful, titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle, is he's so handsome. He's a genius.
3: Hey, thank you for that and welcome back to the show. Rick Turner, uh, Rick Turner, Rick Tittle with you. (laughs) Do I know my name? I was just reading a headline there from the Arsenal goalie. I guess it's time to talk soccer, and we're going to do it right now with one of our friends at AgainstTheNumber.com, which is a highly skilled team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only, beating the sports books of their own game. They cover every sport worldwide, from the NFL to college basketball to soccer to cricket to tennis to European hockey, and all of them are proven winners. They offer full season, end of current season, one month, one week, one day, and one year specialist-specific packages. Their prices are reasonable. Their tracking and distribution process is simple, and their results are real, Joining us to talk soccer is Tom Viola, once again. And uh, Tom, uh, going through what we saw in uh, Europe under the midweek lights of the Champions League and the uh, Europa League as well. Anything jump out at you?
25: Napoli is very good. That is my biggest takeaway from this weekend. I really, uh, I really like what Napoli's putting down here, and you can still find them at twenty-five to one in some places i'm I, I, i'm looking to put a uh, put an athlete future down before the next round
3: all right um let's talk a little bit about messi for a second because he's announced that he's retired from the national team before uh and they finally did get their cope america which was good for him his first real international cup uh as a uh as an argentine player but uh He says this is his last World Cup. So he could still play in the Copa America in 2024, but this is his last World Cup for sure. My question to you is, where do you rank Messi all-time in your book?
25: Well, I I certainly have a heavy bias due to the fact that Messi and Ronaldo are who I grew up with. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to see guys like Pele and Ronaldo and Ronaldinho play in their prime. So... I'm very biased in saying that he's the best I've ever seen. And even without a World Cup, you look at that run that he had in the uh, the run-up to their final against Germany. He was absolutely incredible. He didn't score in that knockout round, but he was what everyone, everything that went through that game and all of those games leading up went through Messi He was the ultimate facilitator, and it was one of the best World Cup performances that we've ever gotten to see over the stretch of an entire tournament. Yes, Julian Green will go down, unless he scores in this one, as having more knockout stage World Cup goals, but still, uh, (laughs) we're we're just lucky and blessed that we got to see Messi do what he did.
3: I have not heard that name in a long time. Um, (laughs) You know, it's interesting. Uh, is that when Barcelona came to San Francisco in, in 2009, they played Chivas at Candlestick before it got torn down. And I went to a press conference at the Hotel uh, International on Howard Street, and I got to ask Pep Guardiola a question and Messi a question, and then I... And they had their three cups, Copa del Rey, La Liga, Champions League were all there. And I got in the elevator, and Messi got in the elevator with me. It was just me and Messi riding the elevator down, and I didn't realize until it was just he and I in the same elevator that he might be the littlest person I have ever seen.
25: (laughs) That's the funny thing about soccer. There's a reason he's called the little magician.
3: No doubt. All right, so as we look forward to uh, the Premier League getting back in uh, action, and uh, Tottenham kind of licking their wounds over a North London derby, whereas now Arsenal, I think the impressive thing about them, uh, and we saw it in Europe as well, I was just talking about Turner, is that they're showing that they have depth. So, yes, Tottenham is in third, but you look at uh, Man City uh, right now um, and the way Holland is scoring goals for fun, Arsenal plays Man City today, who do you take?
25: Ah, uh, you have to take Man City. Uh, let yeah. me pull up the odds here. But you, you just—they're. this is the game that they really have to win to assert that dominance. But you know that they're going to be able to do it. Arsenal does feel to me a little bit like the San Francisco Giants of last year, where mm-hmm. everyone was just like, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll cool down. Like, it's a hot start. They'll eventually cool down. And everybody kept waiting, like, okay, when's the bottom going to fall out? And it just didn't, and they rode it all the way into the playoffs. But you're still not going to be able to. You're still not going to be able to have have a loss from Man City in this spot. I think that Arsenal can finish top four, but their current rate of play is not sustainable for the whole season.
3: By the way, it was two days ago, it was three years ago to the day that I was at the Amex watching Tottenham versus Brighton and Hove Albion. And that was a game that Hugo Lloris hurt his arm and was out for like six months. And that's where they'll be uh, tomorrow. Once again, Spurs at Brighton. And normally I wouldn't even bring this one up. You would just kind of assume Tottenham would win, but Brighton is in a Champions League spot right now. So not as easy as it might seem on paper. What do you think?
25: Um, I think that this game is one that you're going to have to really watch out for with Brighton because they've still been doing well, even without Graham Potter. But uh, Tottenham's at home in this one?
3: No, it's at the Amex.
25: Mm, Oh, right. Oh, man. I'm tempted. Brighton's plus 175. I'm tempted to look into that one. I could see it end up be ending up being a draw because Brighton feels like that Leicester team this year. I'm not saying they're going to win it because they're not, but they could very well hang around in that conversation. I could see them finishing top six, which would be an incredible story for them.
3: Let's talk about Grand Potter because he now will be at Stamford Bridge and a wounded wolf licking its wounds as Wolves now uh, fire their manager. It just seems like the perfect scenario for him to begin his honeymoon. Uh, so how do you see the final score in on that one?
25: Well, it's hopefully going to be a lot to a little because you're not going to get anything with Chelsea Moneyline at minus 260. You need to take them on some kind of spread play. Wolves, I, 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 the, the biggest thing that worries me about Wolves now is that with a new manager, there's the possibility that we don't get uh, that we don't get my Wolves relegation ticket to cash. Because if they bring back Nuno, all of a sudden, maybe this Wolves team can put it together and at least fight to stay up and not be in the bottom three at the end of the season. But if you want to look at Chelsea, you're going to have to look at them around a minus one goal price, maybe minus one and a half. But that that's a lot to cover in the Premier League.
3: I'm looking at the three teams above the trapdoor right now, Crystal Palace, Southampton, and surprisingly, West Ham. Do you see any of those three teams going down at the end of the year?
25: I don't think Crystal Palace will go down. I think Southampton is your biggest worry out of these games. They had a brief spell last season where they looked really good and we're in the top six race. And then it the bottom fell out and it all fell apart and now they're back where we kind of expect them to be. I think Leicester will be able to get out of there. I think Palace will be able to do enough. Southampton is the team that I'm most worried about falling into that zone. But I think it might be Wolves, Forest, and uh, Soton at the end of the day.
3: Biggest game, last question. Biggest game of the weekend will be Sunday at Hybrid. Well, not Highbury, The uh, the Emirates. It'll be Liverpool at Arsenal. And this will be a real test for the Gooners. What do you think?
25: I mean, I I don't think that I want to go against Arsenal right now. This Liverpool team, and you're getting a great price at plus 155 on Arsenal at home in a big six matchup like this. Yeah, it's the European big six. It probably ends in a draw. But Liverpool is very vulnerable. This is not the Liverpool team that we have seen in years past. They're vulnerable down the right side. Trent Alexander-Arnold is not getting the job done for them. Virgil van Dyke lost the step. They very much miss Mane scoring goals. And Salah's another year older. The way Arsenal's playing right now, if I had to bet this game, honestly, I don't think that I'm taking Liverpool. I think I'm looking at the Gunners.
3: There he is, Tom Viola, againstthenumber.com. Go there for all sports analysis. Tom, have a good weekend. Thanks for coming on. You as well. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We will take a break, and we will come on back with open lines and Rick's picks. One eight hundred eight seven eight play. This is Sports Byline.
1: That's 800-817-2968
18: Oh, come now, don't be ashamed. We all have our idiosyncrasies.
14: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown
3: you. He would clown you. That's very mean. All right, it's time for Rick's Picks. R-I-X-P-I-X. I'll tell you who's going to win and who's going to lose in the National Football League. Packers versus Giants. I'm picking the Giants. Just because I don't think Green Bay. I'm just telling you, they'll show up. They'll be fine. And then there's something that will happen called the... Ready? Fourth quarter. And that's what's going to happen. Now, if the Giants, I don't know what the Giants did. If they flew in at the same time, I'd change my mind. But I have a feeling the Giants didn't do that because there was no headlines about it. Uh, so I'm picking the Giants, who, by the way, are 3-1 and, and have Saquon Barkley running strong. <clears throat> Giants, New York wins in London. New York. Am I New York? Is it all right? Both those teams, 3-1 and one right now. At Raymond James Stadium, that's the old sombrero, is it? In Tampa, the Buccaneers will host the Falcons. And as I said, Arthur Smith squeezing every drip of talent he can out of that team, which is not stacked. I mean, they've got a couple of nice little offensive weapons, but, I mean, Mariota is back as a starter again. And, of course, Tom Brady. The Buccaneers are favored by 10 in this one. <clears throat> I think the Falcons cover, but I pick winners. I try to just keep it easy because I'm not a prognosticator. This isn't 8:10 a.m. KGO The Score or whatever it's called. Yeah, in San Francisco, for 80 years there was a news talk station which I once interviewed at for the late, great Pete Wilson. He was going to hire me to be his producer when I was a young kid. And then he said, is politics your passion? And normally you lie to get a job, but I knew I would be found out. And I said, I can't stand politics. I really don't give a crap about, I vote, but I hate talking politics. And he's like, thank you for being honest. I'll say this about Pete Wilson too, just as an aside. I thought this was Rick's pigs. Hang on a second. When I was doing my senior thesis, when I was graduating St. Mary's College, getting my bare ass, sorry, Bachelor of Arts, B.A., I had my uh, thesis was on is uh, sports journalism actually journalism or is it something else? And so I mailed the self-address. This is, you know, 1947. I mailed these self-addressed uh, envelopes and questionnaires, stamped envelopes. All people had to do was fill it out. And I sent it to all the news anchors and all the sports anchors in the Bay Area. And so like, I got like Doug McElhatton, filled it out, mailed it right back. And he said, good luck on the thesis. You know, super nice. Dennis Richmond never did anything. And I remember trying to get Radnich. And I called Cron. and one, I kept calling the newsroom. And finally, I said, is Gary there? And they're like, hold on. And he's like, yeah. I said, yeah, I sent you this thing. He goes, no, 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 no. We got to do it like this. We got to do it like this. What, 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 what? And I said, do you think, he goes, "No, nah, we're the candy store. We're not journalists. We're the candy store. We're the candy store. And then not too long after that, he was working for us at Sports Channel in the beginning. And uh, he called me WizKid. Hey, WizKid, WizKid. It's like before Ron Barr knew my name. Hey, big guy. Big guy. Where's big guy? Hey, big guy. <clears throat> okay, what am I got one of my John Topper. Um, I picked the, B- the Bucks to win that game. The Vikings will be taking on the Bears, the black and blue division. Justin Fields, not great, but the Bears are two and two. What? No, the, I think the Vikings stomp. They're favored by seven and a half. I think the Vikings cover. The Patriots and the Lions, two one and three teams at Foxborough. Whew. This is going to be ugly, but I think it's going to be close. The lions are an interesting team. They have by far the worst defense in the NFL, but they're a minus one in point differential because they've given up 141, but they've scored 140. So can you blame Jared Goff? Nah, they just, they can't close out these games. And I don't know if you watched hard knocks what I did, but Campbell, Let me tell you something. Uh, Jason Witten came in. I was in year four. He was in year one. And uh, I'm like, I I don't know if I could listen to that guy's voice.
18: Coming out of Texas A&M, I knew that I had to be a dog about that. I just, and that
3: voice. uh, And then Aaron Glenn, the DC, who's, I don't know if he's earning his money right now. (laughs) 141 points. But he's all very eloquent. And I'm like, I think I would have hired Aaron Glenn. <clears throat> instead of Dan Campbell.
6: I like extra value meal number two.
3: I just seriously, you just have to, it just has to sound normal to you. It has to sound normal. I can't stop doing it. I pick the Patriots to win at home. The Jaguars on the Texans. I'm going with Jacksonville in this. Uh, this is at TIAA Bank Field. Unless your name is Daniel Ogden, you have no idea what TIAA Bank Field is, but that's where they play in Jacksonville, and uh, the uh, the uh, Kitties will be beating the Texans, who will be 0-4 and 1. The Browns and the Chargers, Herbert Eb versus Brissette. Herbert versus Brissette at First Energy Stadium. Cleveland, Ohio, both teams two and two and the uh, Browns are actually getting two and a half points as well. If you want to bet on the home team, um, I feel like Staley is going to do something stupid. He always does, but I'll take the Chargers on the road. The Jets host the Dolphins, Zach Wilson, the revolution. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately for the Dolphins, uh, Tua is going to be out, uh, obviously. And so Teddy Bridgewater will be at the helm. Uh, I like the Dolphins to win with Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think Zach Wilson wins two games in a row, even at home. The Bills will host the Steelers at Highmark Stadium. The Steelers don't know what they're doing right now, and whether it's and it's going to be picket, and it's not going to be fun for them. Bills win that one. The Saints are one and three, and they are hosting uh, Seattle. Um, I actually like, even though a lot of people say that Geno Smith is back to his old mountaineering West Virginia self. And uh, I guess it's going to be Andy Dalton again. But I just, I'm not a believer in the Seahawks, so I'll go with the home team there at the Caesars Superdome. The Titans will be taking on the commanders in our nation's capital. But i from Bulgaria. All right, well, that would be Sophia for you. But the our nation's capital, Landover, Maryland, FedEx Field. And uh, Carson Wentz, got that big W on his helmet for his last name. Uh, The Titans at two and two and uh, probably feel that they're a little bit uh, better than that. And if you think about Derrick Henry, uh, 306 yards on the ground. Uh, Carson Wentz has thrown uh, eight touchdown passes, or I should say, uh, yeah, eight touchdown passes and uh, five interceptions. Tannehill, five touchdown passes, three interceptions. The best wide receiver in this game is going to be Terry McLaurin, who since coming out of USC has been uh, absolutely uh, phenomenal. And you got the other former USC player, Robert Woods, on the other side. But I think this is just going to be a lot of handing the ball off to Henry and uh, just trying to uh, pound it out on the uh, on the ground for Washington uh, as they uh, – as I like to say, because uh, their defense is not good. They've given up 107 points. I don't see them rising up on mass to uh, stop them. Um, and uh, we will get to the afternoon games on the other side as well. But uh, just uh, one more thing here, a quick email here from uh, Jeremy. And uh, he says, uh, Rick, good show, question mark. I don't know what that means. But he said, uh, what odds would you give on the Vikings winning the Super Bowl? Thanks for the email, rick at sportsbyline.com. Since we were talking about the Vikes, I do pick them to win. What odds would I give on the Vikings winning the Super Bowl? Um, 50 to 1. I think that's fair. You know, not 100 to 1. They have weapons. They're 3-1. They have a new coach. There's exciting new times. In the Twin Cities, I think after Monday, they're going to be 4-1, and one, which means they're going to be right there in the NFC playoff uh, hunt and uh, trying to get home field as we get through a quarter of the season. But uh, there are just a lot of other teams that I think are better than them. Can they get hot? Absolutely. So maybe if they end up 8-2, and two, those odds will come down, in my mind, to more like 30-1 to one, and then maybe more like 20-1. to one. But uh, maybe in your mind, since you asked the question, you probably think they're more like uh, 10 to 1 right now. I don't know. Uh, But, well, as I said, we're going to take a break. I'm going to talk about the afternoon games and uh, Sunday night football uh, as well. If you'd like to call in 1-800-878-PLAY. We'll continue Rick's Picks right here on Sports Byline.
6: Dealing with an outdated printer that just can't keep up with you? Visit Staples and upgrade to a new HP Envy Inspire with HP+. Plus, HP's best home printer, and it comes with six months of free ink. It prints everything you need, from homework and work documents to incredible photos and more with amazing quality. Right now, save $70 on the HP Envy Inspire 7955E, available at Staples. Offer valid through August 27th. See staples.com slash HP+, for details. Dealing with an outdated printer that just can't keep up with you? Visit Staples and upgrade to a new HP Envy Inspire with HP+. Plus, HP's best home printer, and it comes with six months of free ink. It prints everything you need, from homework and work documents to incredible photos and more with amazing quality. Right now, save $70 on the HP Envy Inspire 7955E, available at Staples. Offer valid through August 27th. See staples.com slash HP+, for details.
18: Are you saying
1: that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long, 54
18: inch wide gorilla? Is that what you're telling me?
14: This is the only sports talk show that features a Rhodes Scholar, but he ain't here today. Now, back to Rick Tittle.
3: Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Lines are available and they're open at 1-800-878-PLAY. We do have a final in Cleveland as the Guardians hold on 2-1 to one to take Game 1 of their series against Tampa Bay. McClanahan for the Rays did very well. Seven innings, two earned runs. But uh, he gets a hard luck loss. Shane Bieber was better. He went seven and two-thirds, only three hits, one earned. And uh, Clayce came in for the four-out save. So first blood, uh, John Rambo being turned in the playoffs. Let's move on with Rick's picks. The Panthers host the 49ers. Baker Mayfield apparently... Holding on to his job by a thread, it's actually so bad that people want Darnold, who's way worse than Baker Mayfield. If you think Baker Mayfield stinks, watch Sam Darnold. And so (laughs) the 49ers, after looking really good against Los Angeles, the Rams are going to get their road victory on the East Coast. By the way, the 49ers favored on the road by six and a half. I think they cover that, too. Win by 10. The Rams will host the Cowboys, Cooper Rush 3-0, and with the win he got last year, 4-0 in his career. The Rams suffering a huge Super Bowl hangover right now, Uh, but I do think they right this ship. They're at home at Sophie Stadium. So fine, so fine. I'll take the Rams. The Cardinals host the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles 4-0 State Farm Stadium there in the West Valley, Phoenix. Hmm. Glendale. The Cardinals getting five as a home dog. The Cardinals have looked really crappy. I just, I'm not a believer in the Eagles. I just, uh. All right, I'm doing it. I'm picking them to lose their first game here, even though I'm not a believer in the Cardinals at all. In the fight of the birdies, I'll take the red ones. The Ravens will host the Bengals. This will be Sunday night football. Both teams two and two. Both teams, remember the, the Baltimore Ravens contrived to miss the playoffs last year, and we know how close Cincinnati got to winning the whole thing. I don't know if they'll be wearing their black and white helmets for black and white TV. Oh, it's color. It will be broadcast in color. But uh, Joe Burrow on the road. Man. I'm going to go ahead and take the Ravens in this one. They're favored by three and a half. And then Monday Night Football we'll talk more about on Monday. But it is the Chiefs versus the uh, Raiders. And uh, at Geha Field at Arrowhead Stadium. That's right. Geha Field. Uh, it'll be better than last night's football game, which featured seven field goals. <laughs> if you're one of those people who I've never met in my life, and I don't know if they exist, I bet they don't, who say, I really like field goals better than touchdowns. <clears throat> seven of them last night. Uh, the Chiefs are favored by that same number. And um, yes, the Chiefs are going to win this game. I don't think the Raiders are going to get stomped like they did last year. But yeah, the Chiefs are going to gonna win this game. 1-800-87A play. But it makes me think. What does it make you think about, Rick? The NBA uh, is expected to decrease the age requirement to enter the draft from 19 to 18. And that's going to undo a guardrail that's been in place since 2005 and that CBA. And that change is going to take effect probably in 2024, which means, once again, we go back to high school players not having to do the stupid one-and-done in college. The NFL <clears throat> established what they call a, quote, three-year rule, meaning prospects must be at least three re- three years removed from high school to enter the draft. And that was uh, collectively bargained by the union and the NFL after Maurice Claret sued the NFL in 2003. Remember Mike Williams did that too, uh, USC or uh, Ohio State and USC respectively, for restricting their right of employment. And, uh, that got upheld in the last CBA in 2020, but the league bases its position in part on the belief that the physical, mental, and emotional demands of pro football would make it nearly impossible to have success in the NFL as a teenager. And the more accurate reason for the NFL's position is that the league wants to protect its free farm system, which is called college. <clears throat> so. The premise of the story kind of straightened, uh, strengthened last year when you look at some of the most impactful players like Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase and Rashawn Slater, they all set out their final collegiate seasons. They didn't need to prove themselves. So leaving as soon as possible may no longer be in the best interest of some of these players because of NIL. But there are players more suitable for college than the pros, as we know. And uh, most of them, all of them, just about all of them. So the new play structure allows them to profit at a level that never would have been possible in the NFL. I mean, consider the amount of money that Tim Tebow would have made at Florida. How much money would Johnny Manziel have made while he was still at a and You know, and then you think about <clears throat> guys who won the Heisman, Troy Smith, Gino Toretta, Eric Krauts, Jason White cup of coffee and then they were gone and so the NFL no longer has to protect young players from making that poor financial decision but there's no all-encompassing rule that serves the chief interest out of everyone I I love it when Cardell Jones said we ain't come to play school (laughs) I just love it because with the bad grammar too we ain't come to play school (laughs) it's so awesome I love that and he's right He's absolutely right. But what about positions? Running back is probably the most assuredly position that would benefit from having a shorter service requirement. Because if you look at Texas running back, Bijan Robinson would have been probably the top rated running back had he been eligible for the draft. But he has to go back to Austin where he's going to have 75 non-NFL touches And the idea that a running back is only capable of taking a certain amount of hits before their career is over, you know, if you're super cynical, that could happen. I mean, it's interesting to think what Adrian Peterson's career could have looked at if he didn't go to Norman. In three prime years, if those were uh, mirroring the way that he did, he'd be sitting at uh, 19,402 career rushing yards, which would be 1,000 more than the all-time leader Emmitt Smith. But you could say, and I'm so old, and I told Emmett Smith to his face when I went to his little combine down there in Santa Clara, that I, I used to do his uh, football games on when he was at Florida, which makes me feel old. I remember Clay Matthews was a quarterback. But Adrian Peterson was that massive. So the physical gap between high school and NFL linemen, you could say, is more narrow than it's been in the last decade. But still, muscle development, core strength, and just flat-out maturity. That's probably the biggest um, the biggest deal right there. So, yeah, you could say who would have benefited, who would have not had benefited uh, if that had gone down that way. All right, 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. Uh, emails, rick at sportsbuying.com from Chrissy. Uh, rick, are you in the car camp or not? assume you mean Derek Carr. <clears throat> Look, I'll say I was talking to my friend John about this the other day, who just despises Derek Carr. And I always say, okay, what's your answer? And he's like, draft somebody. I'm like, okay, who? Who are we going to draft? He goes, I don't know. When was the last time the Raiders drafted somebody and he turned out to be anything? I'm like, uh, I don't know, Derek Carr, Ken Stabler. <laughs> That's about it. It's just and when I was the Raider pre and post game host. Uh, I would take calls after the game, and they go, Carr is hot garbage, bench him." I'm like, "Look, I'm all for improving the team. If you have somebody from Derek Carr better than Derek Carr, I'll get him out. Definitely get him out." And uh, and they go, "What do you do? You want to play Mike Glennon?" They go, "Who? The backup who literally can't take a snap?" Yes, you would rather start Mike Glennon? Yes, I'm like, "Well." you're all entitled to your opinion, but this would be like me talking about wine. I have no idea what I'm talking about. And if you say something like that, it means you have no idea what you're talking about if you're going to say something like that. So look, Derek Carr, if you look in the record books, he's, I mean, you play that long with one team, he's destroyed almost every Raider record. He's uh, all time in so many categories and he keeps moving up the list. <clears throat> he's played in one playoff game in his life. That was last year, and the Raiders lost on the last play. Um, And the other time when they were 12-4, and of course, he broke his leg and didn't get to play in the playoffs. But like I said, if you look around the league and you look at quarterbacks, how many of them are better? You go, okay, it's these eight guys. Okay, well, can we get one of those eight guys? Uh, No. All right, so now what do we do? Uh, we can, uh, we can, what do you want to start Jared Stidham? So my answer, Chrissy, thank you for the email, by the way, Rick at sports Keep them coming. It's free. Is that I'm in the car camp until you show me somebody better. That's all. And during that season, by the way, there was a game at the Coliseum and that was a play on fourth down where he threw the ball out of the back of the end zone instead of throwing it up for grabs. And I eviscerated Carr for my one and only time. I literally put his organs in canoptic jars at the evisceration in the pyramid uh, for doing that. And I know he loves to dive with his arm out and the ball always pops out of his hand and then goes back at the end zone for a touchback. I mean, there's always so many weird things that he does. Um, but, uh, to me hating Derek, look, look, I'll tell you this, Derek Carr is not the problem right now. He's not the problem. Uh, has he been fantastic? No. But, uh, I, like I said, if you have an improvement, I'll leave the Derek Carr camp. But until that time I have to be on his side because there's nobody better unless you really like Jared Stidham or chase Garbers. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We will take a break. Still time to get in at one 800 878 play Come on back on Sports Bioland.
7: Call today and ask about our buy one, get one free offer.
1: 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. That's 800-761-9334. Do you love driving, but you don't love your car payment? Open road lending can reduce your car payment by as much as $100 a month or more it's easy to refinance your car payment just call today to get your no obligation quote and find out how much you can save to qualify for a lower car payment your car should be less than 10 years old have less than one hundred and twenty-five thousand miles and you've made at least six on-time payments call open road lending today to learn how you can lower your rate and your payment by refinancing it's easy only takes a few minutes and there's no cost or obligation to apply and get approved call today and see how much you can save 800 871 9417. 800 871 9417. 800 871 9417. That's 800 871 9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
12: You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious.
14: Rick Tittle is a majestic stallion.
3: All right. uh, Thank you for that. As we close the week and as we are now into the playoffs, and as I mentioned, Cleveland uh, is the first to bring home a win. In the other game right now, the Cardinals hosting the Phils, no score, bottom three. I just want to take a look one last time at how pathetic my Oakland A's were. The A's ranked last in batting average in the majors. They hit 216 as a team. They last ranked last in the majors in on-base percentage. 281. And last in OPS, 627. The A's became the fourth team in the history of Major League Baseball to bat under 217 for a season of 140 games since the Yankees, of all teams, in 1968. The team on-base percentage was the lowest since the 1968 Mets, we're talking expansion team, posted a 281. They were not last in runs. (laughs) The Tigers actually scored less runs. The team was led by home runs and RBI by Seth Brown, who can't even hit 220, but he hit 25 bombs and 73 RBI. Sean Murphy had the team-high OPS with 758. No A's hitter with at least 100 at-bats beyond Brown and Murphy had even the MLB average of OPS. And on the mound, the A's had the third-highest ERA in the Junior Circuit with a 4.54. So, and remember, they lost 102 games the only other time, only twice. And I, and I was at that 1979 season. I remember it very well. Uh, so they stunk to high heaven. There's a big difference between stinking and then ridiculously stinking. And they pulled it off. Something to celebrate. Uh, have a great weekend. We will see you in 9 a.m. peck time for another live edition of Titillating Sports.